began picking up the pieces. Much of the continent had been ravaged by war and was in ruins. Perhaps the saddest sight of all was that of little orphaned children starving in the streets of Europe's war-torn cities. Early one chilly morning, an American soldier was making his way back to the barracks in London. As he turned a corner in his Jeep, he spotted a little lad with his nose pressed to the window of a pastry shop. Inside, the cook was kneading dough for a fresh batch of donuts. The hungry boy stared in silence, watching every move. The soldier pulled his Jeep up to the curb, stopped, got out, and walked quietly over to where the little boy was standing. Son, would you like some of those, the soldier asked. The boy was startled. Oh, yeah, he said, I would. The American stepped inside and bought a dozen donuts, put them in a bag, and walked to where the lad was standing in the foggy cold of the London morning. He smiled, held out the bag, and simply said, Here you are. As he turned to walk away, he felt a tug on his coat. He turned back and heard the child quietly ask, Mister, are you God? You are never more like God and His Son, Jesus Christ, than when you are displaying in your life what the Bible calls the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The amazing truth of the Word of God is that when you are trusting in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God the Holy Spirit comes to live right inside of your heart. And one of the great works of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What are these fruit of the Spirit? Well, if you'll take out your message notes, you'll see them described in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Look at that scripture on your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. What are these fruit of the Holy Spirit? Here's a definition for fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can write it on your notes. I gave it to you last week. I hope you'll write it down again this week. Fruit of the Holy Spirit are... Christ-like attitudes of the heart. Christ-like attitudes of the heart coming from Christ's gift of the Holy Spirit. Christ-like attitudes of the heart coming from Christ's gift of the Holy Spirit resulting in Christ-like actions of life. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So between now and Easter Sunday, here at Mission Liberty Hill, we are focusing on the passion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how in His journey to the cross, Jesus displayed 
each and every one of these nine fruit of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit can move in our hearts so that we too can display the same fruit of the Spirit in our life journey and in our relationships, both as individuals and as the church of Jesus Christ. Now, we want to help you commit these nine fruit of the Holy Spirit to memory. Now, last week we saw how when Jesus was gathered with his disciples in the upper room, he displayed to them the fruit of the Spirit of kindness when he gave to them the Lord's Supper. Now, this morning, we're going to see how Jesus, when he was in that upper room, so we're returning to the upper room again this morning, we're going to see how he also displayed another fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit called gentleness. Now, what is gentleness? The word used in Galatians chapter 5 for gentleness is the Greek word praotes. Praotes, in some versions of the Bible, is translated meekness. Let me ask you, have you ever seen this scene before someplace? A skinny young man is with his girlfriend at the beach, and they're kind of relaxing at the beach, and along comes this guy who bears a striking resemblance to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and what does he do? He kicks sand in the young man's face. And what does the young man do? Nothing. And so his girlfriend, disappointed that her boyfriend kind of appears to be somewhat spineless, what does she do? She drops him like a hot potato and leaves him for that muscle-bound sand kicker as they walk off together. This is the world's perception of meekness and gentleness. You know, the predominant attitude in our society and our culture today is that people ought to stand up for themselves, assert themselves, be aggressive, take care of number one. If someone pushes you, just push back harder. Small wonder, therefore, that we have an increasing culture of harshness in our society today, where in turn, meek or gentle people are regarded as weak, spineless, tepid, cowardly. But hear me and hear me well. Meekness is not weakness. In reality, gentleness or meekness is rooted in strength. Think about when you meek a horse. What do you do when you meek a horse? You bring that horse's strength under control. It's like the breath going through a straw. You bring strength under control, and that's gentleness. It's strength under 
control. When people have to toot their own horn, bang their own drum, brag constantly about their own accomplishments, guard their own territory, wave their own credentials, polish their own egos, that's weakness. But gentleness is rooted in strength. So we shouldn't be surprised that Jesus Christ described himself as gentle. Look at your notes at Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Jesus said this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yes, if you want to know what gentleness looks like, all you have to do is look at your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we step back into the upper room where we left off last week. Because there in that upper room, Jesus not only displayed gentleness by give or a kindness by giving the Lord's Supper to his disciples. He also did something else. And in the doing of that thing, he displayed this fruit of the Spirit of gentleness. You can read what he did by opening your Bibles now to John chapter 13. Would you please take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 13. And we're going to look at verses 1 to 5 and then verses 12 to 17. We encourage you to bring your Bibles with you to church. If you're fairly new here at Mission Liberty Hill and haven't gotten into that habit yet, we're going to project this passage up on the screen for you, but we hope you'll bring your Bible with you next Sunday. Okay, John chapter 13. Let's follow along. We'll start with verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And now go to verse 12, please. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if 
you do them. What is this fruit of the Spirit called gentleness? Jesus shows us right here in John chapter 13. Write this on your notes. First of all, gentleness is sacrificial love. It's sacrificial love. Gentleness is an attitude of the heart that has its source in love. Look again in your Bible at verse 1. Did you notice what verse 1 said? It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Interestingly enough, the Greek word for gentleness, parotes, is actually rooted in the Greek word for friend. And do you remember what Jesus said about friends? He said, this is how one shows love for his friends, that he lays down his life for his friend. Sacrificial love. That's gentleness. Secondly, gentleness is not only sacrificial love. It's sacrificial love, write this down, coupled with quiet humility. Coupled with quiet humility. You certainly see this with Jesus. Look again in your Bible at verses 4 and 5. And notice what verses 4 and 5 say in your scriptures. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. You know, foot washing in those days was done by the rejects of society, the down and outers, the shoeshine boys. But Jesus, because his life was rooted in love, strong love, quietly humbled himself, took the form of a servant, and washed his disciples' feet. And he did this all the way to a cross where he paid for your sins and mine so that not just our feet, but our sin-stained souls could be washed white as snow. Gentleness is sacrificial love coupled with quiet humility. Thirdly, Write this on your notes. That goes the extra mile. That goes the extra mile. Look at verse 3 in your Bible. Verse 3 says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Now, just think about Jesus there in that upper room. He was and is the true living, perfect, almighty God. And there he is looking at his disciples, the 12 men that he had spent most of his public ministry, three years he'd spent with them. He would poured himself into these guys. And what did he have as a result of it all? Well, it was a pretty sorry sight. 
I mean, they had let Jesus down, disappointed him, lied behind his back, argued with each other about who was greatest in the kingdom of God, whined when they felt neglected. And Jesus Christ, as the living God who had all things under his power, Jesus could have taken care of those boys in a moment. He could have just gone, poof, problem solved. But instead, Jesus had strength under control. And what did he display? Sacrificial love coupled with quiet humility that went the extra mile. Now, Jesus summons you to that same kind of gentleness in your relationships. Do you remember what he said in verses 14 and 15? Look at those verses again in your Bible. Jesus said this, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I have set before you an example so that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus asks you, by the power of the Holy Spirit living in you, to be like him, to display in your life and in your relationships with people around you, sacrificial love coupled with quiet humility that goes the extra mile. Even when, like Jesus, you're getting sand kicked in your face. In our meekness is weakness world, we need a new measure of gentleness in our families, in our doctor's offices, in our halls of government, in our schools, in our churches. Here's why God says what he does in Ephesians 4, 1 to 14. Look at it on your notes. And what a great word for us. I beg you to live and act in a way worthy of those who have been chosen for such wonderful blessings as these. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Try always to be led along by the Holy Spirit. And so be at peace with one another. We are all parts of one body. We have the same spirit. And we have been called to the same glorious future. You see, when you choose in your life every day and in your relationships every day to display sacrificial love coupled with a quiet humility that goes the extra mile with people. You make this harsh culture in which we live a little less harsh. And people start to see God in us. If we as followers of Jesus don't stand for this and seek after gentleness in our life, the world will just keep getting harsher. It's so needed in our world today. Donna and I have a friend that we knew many years, for many years in our church in California. 
a doctor, orthopedic surgeon, very prominent in our community there in Palm Springs when we were there. Uh, and uh, showed up at our church one Sunday. Came to know Christ as his Savior, started growing in a faith relationship with him. I want to tell you, I spent many hours with him, sharing him, helping him work through things in his life. And he grew to love Jesus deeply and just really reflected the character of Christ. One of the most gentle men I knew. Uh, Friday afternoon, I got a call from somebody in my former church saying, did you hear what happened to Dr. Duffner? And I said, what? And his name was David Duffner. And they went on to tell me the story of how he was in his uh, office Friday morning. A patient arrived, went into, was taken into a examining room, and uh, David walked into the room to care for him, and uh, I know David, how he would care for people. He took care of Donna for surgeries, and just, you'd see the compassion of Jesus on his face, and I can just picture the compassion of Christ on his face when he walked into that room, and the patient who was waiting in that room for him pulled out a gun, shot him to death on the spot and then turned the gun on himself and shot himself to death. Where did that man learn that? From our culture today, which is a harsh culture, instead of a gentle culture. When's it going to end? It will not simply end. By getting the right person in office, or by passing this law or that law. That's not going to end it. The only thing that will end that is if the church of Jesus Christ, you and me, people who have the Holy Spirit living in us, will start to be and display in our daily lives gentleness with others. If we will be gentle, not harsh, and if we will advocate and stand for gentleness in our society, a sacrificial love coupled with a quiet humility that goes the extra mile with people. I want to tell you, I am so thankful to see that kind of gentleness here at Mission Liberty Hill. Hey, are, are, are we perfect people? <laughs> Not at all. I mean, none of us are perfect. But what do I see happening? You see it too, don't you? We just love each other sacrificially. And, and, and we live in humility. We want to live in humility. And, and we go the extra mile with other people. I, I see it with you. Hey, sometimes I go the extra mile in my sermon, don't I? No, a little long. And, you know, I don't see you doing the kinds of things that, you know, happens in some churches. People try to get the attention of the pastor, kind of sit up a little bit. And then while they, they have the eye contact with the pastor, they kind of go. 
you know, they're just trying to see. No going the extra mile. And sometimes it's a, I've never gotten that here. And I, and I see, hey man, I just sometimes, you know, I, I, boy, we know each other pretty well. And we know our strengths and our weaknesses, our upsides and our downsides. And, and yet every day it's a choice to either live by our flesh or live by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And whenever you, in your personal life, in your families, in, in your relationships, you choose gentleness instead of harshness, you help make this world. It, this world just gets a little less So, how can you bear this kind of fruit in your life? Because I know you want to. But hey, if let's face it, we can want to be gentle, but harshness comes pretty fast, doesn't it? Just let a grocery clerk take too long in the checkout line. Just let somebody push you a little hard or disagree with you or see something the other way, or say something that is corrective toward you. Just let somebody cut you off in traffic, or ride your bumper when you're driving down the street. Harshness wants to come out, not gentleness. So how can you display this gentleness in your life? The same way that you can display every single one of these fruit of the Spirit, it takes three things. Write these on your notes. First of all, be planted. Be planted. If you're going to bear the fruit of gentleness or any other fruit of the Holy Spirit, you need to be planted, planted, rooted in a faith relationship with Jesus Christ. What happens to a tree when it's uprooted? It's dying. You might as well pull out the chainsaw. It will bear no more fruit. Sin uproots you from your life with God. And that's why each one of us needs to be transplanted out of the soil of sin and into the soil of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that happens when you trust in what He did for you on the cross when He paid for your sins. Then you are transplanted into Christ. And when you are transplanted into Christ, you start being transformed by Christ so that your attitudes and actions can be like Christ and you start to reflect this fruit of the spirit of gentleness, this sacrificial love coupled with a quiet humility that goes the extra mile with others. And secondly, if you want to bear this fruit of the Holy Spirit, called gentleness in your life. Be planted and then stay rooted or stay yielded. Stay yielded. Uh, when Don and I lived in Palm Springs, we ate a lot of fruit, but do you know what kind of fruit we ate? It's the desert. Citrus. Donna, in the course of our years in Palm Springs, you named the citrus tree, we had it in our yard. Lemon, lime, orange, grapefruit, tangerine. I mean, 
we just had all these trees, and you couldn't, we just had so much fruit we could never eat it all. Uh, just a tremendous amount. The very first year we moved to Palm Springs, we moved into the church's parsonage. They had a parsonage. And in the front yard of the parsonage was this grapefruit tree. Donnie, remember that grapefruit tree? Well, yeah, there were two of them, but one of them was this huge, beautiful, pink grapefruit tree. It was covered with these babies right here. Hundreds of them just all over that tree. It was just an amazing grapefruit tree. And you know, we would we would we would sit in our living room, look out the window, and we would see this time and time again. People would someone would be driving down the street in their car and they'd drive past our house. You'd see the brake lights, they'd stop, they'd put the car in reverse, they'd back up. Then they'd hop out of the car, jump over our little fence, and they'd grab a couple of grapefruit off our tree, hop back in our, their car, and drive off. And we never really minded that because there were so many grapefruit on that tree, we could never eat it all. Well, the next year, our second year in Palm Springs, we found out something. Because our second year, there were not nearly as many grapefruit on that tree. And you know why? Because we did not pick the old grapefruit off from the previous year so that the new grapefruit could come. The old fruit kept the new fruit from coming. And in a similar way, if gentleness is going to come forth from your life and in your relationships by the power of the Holy Spirit, you must identify those places in your life where the old fruit is still there, where instead of sacrificial love, there is self-focus, where instead of quiet humility, there is a arrogant pride and pushiness about you, where instead of going the extra mile, you tend to live with the short fuse. You need to take those areas and attitudes of your life and yield those over to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, have your way with me. Strip this old fruit out of my life. Cleanse me. Make me new and work a new goodness and gentleness in my heart. And he will do that. But it involves not only being planted, but staying yielded. Because, listen, Jesus does not just want a place in your life. He does not even want prominence in your life. He wants preeminence in your life. So be planted. Stay yielded. And then finally, keep rooted. Keep rooted. If you want this fruit of the spirit of gentleness in your life, keep rooted. Sink your roots deep into God and His Word. This is why it is God's plan and why we summon people here at Mission Liberty Hill to be regular in worship, to take time to study the Bible with fellow believers, to take time to read the Scriptures in your daily life, to seek to connect with God through prayer and listening to God, to take steps of faith that cause you to be dependent upon Him. All these things help keep you rooted more deeply into Christ. Be planted. Stay yielded. Keep rooted. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Right now, 
there are people in your life, in your relationships, in your working places, in your neighborhood, in your family, who need to see God and His Son Jesus in your life, who need to see evidence that Jesus is real and alive today. Won't you show them your God and Savior? Won't you show them sacrificial love coupled with quiet humility that goes the extra mile? It's what the world needs now. It's the fruit of the Spirit called gentleness. And if you desire that in your life, let's stand for closing prayer.